And I'll tell you what, Vince McMahon, I am going to try as much as I possibly can. I have with me challenger and longtime champion, longer than any other in history, the fabulous Bula, moments away, Wendy Richter, and a possibility of your regaining that title belt. That's right. I'm going in there with the intentions of regaining it again, and I'm going to keep it forever this time. But now I want to tell you something. I'm sick and tired of all the interference with Cindy Lauper and that bunch of geeks that's standing outside the ring and up and down the hall and hollering, do this and do that and putting bags over my head and, and hitting me in the no, head no, with purses wait. and everything. You let me finish, Gene, okay? So I went to the higher-ups at WWF and I convinced them that I was right to have Cindy Lauper barred from the ring when I am in the ring participating in my match she is not allowed in the ring and if she comes out there tonight I will give this paper to the referee and have her sent back ejected from the ring if you know what I mean well I, I get the general idea that Mooley in all due respect I'm gonna have to see to believe 28 years as champion a good chance of your regaining that coveted title belt when you meet Wendy Richter it's minutes from now let's go back up to Vince McMahon Pro Wrestling Reflection presents Pro Wrestling's Greatest Rivalries With your host The Professor John Bello Veracruz Tommy Wonder And J.B. We revisit the greatest grudge matches of all time. What is going on to the big Vinoites? And I'll say something to the other eight. You're still on a little timeout, but you know what? You caught on quickly. The power of not calling you out, the power of not shouting you out, you did your job. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. But I'm still going to put you on the timeout for one more week. So, you know, I'm going to see, I'm going to lay, you know, lay low on the land. See how you operate. See how everything goes. But you're catching up. That's a good thing. Positivity right there. But I still got to put you on a timeout. I still will shout you out in my spirits. TW will shout, shout you out in his spirits. But we will not shout you out just yet. But neither here nor there. But what's going on to the Republites? What's going on to the Demites? What's going on to all the leftites? The rightites, the lowites, the highites, every height in between. What's going on to the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten, the Essential Eleven. This is the most nostalgic wrestling podcast in all of the Podbean streams, in all of your, your podcast platforms. The PWR Podcast, the Pro Wrestling. 
Wrestling Reflection Podcast here at the PWS Network at Podbean.com. And also, you can hear us on the Hameen Night, on Hameen's Podbean's on Hameen Media Groups. And while my partner in crime is holding up a Lex Luger limited edition, you know, shout out to Lex Luger. He's going to have an A&E special. See, that's that's the trick from WWE. They're not going to put it on their network on the cock, but they're going to let AEW pimp them, pimp Luger off. So this way, WWE can get a payday. Very shrewd on the WWE side. But neither AEW? Either. How about A&E? A-N-E-A-W, Michelob like I don't give a damn. But anyway, I got to introduce myself because I am vain like that. And yes, I'm wearing my Yankee hat. Yes, I'm rocking the Matt Carpenter mustache because, you know what, the bo- the Brox Bombers are back. Hopefully, we will get that number 28 World Series title, but I don't want to toot my, you know, I'm not like Big Ray Hernandez. I don't toot my own horn every day of the week. I kind of lay low. I don't talk shit because, you know what? People who talk shit, they get lambasted when it comes back at them tenfold. It's called karma. Karma is a bitch. But anyway, I must introduce myself because I am vain like that. I am the most nostalgic man. I am the most glorious man. You know, I usually say glorious, but I'm going to keep it on key, even kill here. I am the most stupendous. Why you keep opening things during a podcast, damn it? I'm closing it. Hey, I'm closing it. I'm closing, closing it. I'm closing it. Open it. You do everything on the, This is not an unboxing podcast. This is <laughs> a pro wrestling reflection podcast. And I am that man, your host with the most, the Professor Chabelle Cruz. And over to my right, if you're watching this on the YouTube, the day track around the dirtiness of the city uploads this. He is the, the liberal conservative, the conservative liberal, the man who opens and closes boxes on a podcast. He irritates your ears. He irritates the professor's ears weekly. But I love you him for that? it. He you is your friend. He is your friend and mine. Yes, I do hear it. He is your friend and mine, Dr. Freaking Stein, the Iron Stomach One. Dum dum doing any of its own. Tommy Wonder, how are you doing, my friend? I know you're opening something, you're closing something, but how are you doing other than that? I got this Chase Lex Luger, man. I'm closing this Chase Lex Luger back up. I had to change his head to make his head without the ponytail. I gave him the regular Lex hair. See, that's the NWO Lex. This is the Chase 90s Lex. Baby face. Baby face Lex. And it's right back in the box. And up there is the regular one in the black tights with the black and red NWO boots. Man, that's my guy. He's That's only his... One, two, three. That's only his fourth figure. And and two of these are to get. No, no. He's got a narcissist, USA, basic, fourth. But there's two of them. They made a chase of Lex. They also have Stacey Keebler if you want to, like, maybe rub one out to it. But is it, well, you know, I don't need to, I don't need an action figure to rub out to. You know, I can find some uh, FHM uh Still pictures on the internet, but neither here nor there. But isn't it a coincidence you holding up a Lex Luger that A&E, when tonight. this episode drops, tonight it will be the Lex Luger biography series. Like I said, WWE, you know, they were supposed to have, he was supposed to have his own network special on the cock, but then they stopped it or they canceled it or they shifted it. So A&E produces it and, you know, puts it for them, for all the ratings and whatnot. So, you know, it's very shrewd business from WWE, but you're holding it up. Coincidence? I think that was... It absolutely is, because the reason I was holding it up is I have always wanted... Well, I just got it yesterday, but I figured while I was down here, killed two birds with one stone. Because 
all these are the regulars, and then I took all the chases down, and I'm going to make a chase wall. And that mm -hmm. chase wall has blue tights, JYD, camo tights, Adam Cole, baby, uh, Macho Man, and the uh, Jesse the Body Ventura look, where he's got the yellow tights and the tie-dye bandana, mm -hmm. um, Trish Stratus in the Canadian gear instead of the pink and black, uh, Lex Luger in the orange, and uh, there's someone else. I can't, I can't remember who it is. Oh, Edge in the red tights instead of the white ones. Right. Lots of chase figures, and I got them. And uh, so I was opening up, but the reason he was on my mind is I've always wanted that necklace he had. I've talked about this before. He was my hero when I was a kid, man. I thought Lex was the be-all, end-all, greatest wrestler of all time until I took my first bump, and then I realized it's not that good. But he's mm -hmm. not the worst there is. Uh, there's plenty of them. But he regressed. He started off great and then resented. You can, you can still love your heroes no matter what. Even, you know. I, hey, man. I got both figures, didn't I? I didn't of pick course. one or the other. I oh, And I course. hunted it. I found that in the wild. But my good man, my good man Michael Murray, he, he works at a Target far from me. He texted me the other day. He bought it for me in the orange tights. So that was pretty cool of him. He also is the one that got me the red tight edge. Um, mm -hmm. But I have the white tight and the red tight edge. But Lex, I just have a soft spot for him. Uh, he's... I saw. I met him on the Lex Express tour. I had my Kmart Lex badge. They call me Lex at work whenever I wore it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see him getting a TV special, getting multiple figures. I have the narcissist figure. The it's worth money. The Hasbro when he was right. the narcissist. I have the narcissist figure of Lex over there. I do not have the United States one where he had the dumbbell or the barbell with it because I thought it looked dumb. I, I regret that now because I had it in my hand. So. I should be like Big Ray. I should do one of those wish lists on Amazon and see if one of the 13 podcast fans will send it to me. So, <laughs> hey, it never, hurts to it never hurts to try, T.W. You got, I, we got the Magnificent 70 Elite 8, the Naughty 9. Yeah. We got Greenpeace. We got TNA, TN Coupana. We got Donna Destruction. We got Phillips Got Wood. We got Phil Schmetnick. We got the SNX Express. We got John McHugh. We got 8-Track Black. Man, you never know. You just never know. know. Everybody throws in a buck. And we'll, we'll be a third of the way towards its value. But anyways, I got a question for you. Shoot. If you're going to go full Gordon from Sesame Street with that damn mustache, why are you wearing a hat? Take the hat off. Show the bald no. head, too. I don't got a bald head. You got to shave the head bald if you're going to no, go Gordon No, this is the Matt Street. Carpenter. This is the Matt Carpenter mustache look. This is the Nestor Cortez mustache look. This, this is working. Whatever this works is, for this the This is expert. Gordon from Sesame Street look. Especially with the hat on hiding that you're not bald. Do you know who his daughter is? Who? Holly Robinson Pete from Jump down oh. on Jump Street. Oh yeah, that 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 yeah, you're right. You know, I don't all remember right. all this stuff. But anyway, let's get into what we're gonna do here, what we do best. And that is talk nostalgia, TW. That is Strap to into the back, time machine. Back into the time machine, and we're gonna do a rivalries edition reflection nights. And you know what, TW? Maybe I've been sexist. It's been a long time since we've done something for the women's side because the last thing we talked about on the women's side was years ago when we did a glow episode. So you know what? It's apropos that we do something for the ladies. And the professor loves the ladies. Like T.W. loves the ladies in the Detroit area. So we are representing the ladies this week. So, you know, T.W., I thought, why not do a rivalries edition and, you know, T.W., let me ask you this. You know, on the whole spectrum of rivalries, 
how do you judge this rivalry right now? And, the, you know, sometimes on match quality, you know, people judge rivalries on match quality, on the, the spectrum of what it did for the industry, on, on crossover, mainstream, all this stuff. Now, for this particular rivalries edition reflection, as we are going to do Wendy Richter versus the Fabulous Moolah. And I asked this question to TW because when we looked at the matches, this is not Gail Kim versus Austin Khan. This is not Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks. This is not Asuka versus Charlotte Flair or whatever. This is not any of that, TW. And I'm being honest. So, you know, back in the days of 50s wrestling, 60s wrestling, 70s wrestling, 80s wrestling, men and women, there were some boring-ass wrestling. You do takedowns, you do headlocks, you do arm bars, and all this stuff. So, well, I ask you, how do you judge this rivalry? And then we'll get into the whole spectrum of how important this rivalry actually is in the professional wrestling world, in the business sense, in the WWF sense. Vince McMahon's legacy is in, is peril to this actual rivalry. What say you, TW? How do you judge this rivalry? It's a great rivalry, and here's why. Moolah loses her belt to Wendy Richter, not in the first match you had me watch, but the second one. So they, they did they did the chase. They didn't just have her win it out of nowhere like Santino beating Umaga. Um, they, they, and, real side note, she was cowgirl Wendy Richter in that first match. And then she progressively got better looking as she went. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, the infamous match, the original November screw job, uh, she's hot as fuck. And I was like, whoa, why did I not remember? I always remember her in that terrible... One-piece swimsuit, because that's what these women wrestled in. But I did notice Medusa, I think she made her gear, because hers looked more designed, whereas Wendy's was clearly, it's other than the cowgirl look. Cowgirl, she had gimmick, but the other two matches, she's just wearing a tired ass. They made an action figure of it. But anyway, the reason this is important is this is Wendy Richter, and, and some of it's probably bullshit. It was probably 18 of the 28 years where she wasn't even working, right? Mm-hmm. But she's the woman's champion for 28 years. Roman's not breaking that record, all right? He's not even going to break Bruno's oh, or you, Holt's. You, you, meant, you meant Moolah. Yeah, Moolah's Moolah, the, right. the, Moolah. the women's world so, champion for 28 so, years. And we remember nothing of it. We don't remember her win. We don't remember her challengers, Lulani Kai, Judy Martin, who then went on to become a tag team anyway. Um, and that's another thing. The success of these two led to Lilani Kai and Judy Martin becoming a tag team and taking on the Jumping Bomb Angels, who they brought over from Japan. It opened it. It got Rockin' Robin. It got uh, Bambi was was like glowing wow, but they used her. So it it got women in the door, if you will, because we talked about this before. Back in the day, the matches were men. That's what people came to see. And they would throw in a woman's match or a, a midget, and I'm going to call it midget because that's what the shit was called back then. I don't mean it as an insult. It was midget wrestling. They did that to entertain the women who the husbands made come with them. So somewhere along the way, Mula versus Judy, Mula versus Lenani Kai, Mula versus whoever the hell else she wrestled, it never caught on enough until Mula versus Wendy. However... And Dr. Bruce Pritchard, not, is he Dr.? No, it's Dr. Tom Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard, just regular Bruce. Brother Love, he, he pointed out best. Wendy basically ruined her career by pulling an Ultimate Warrior when she wasn't. You know, 
I seen well, a meme the other. We'll talk day. about that a little bit. I know, later. I know, I, but, I I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying, Cindy Lauper helped this feud matter is mm-hmm. the point. But it mattered. Cindy Lauper could have put all the eyes on this feud, and it could have sucked balls and ruined wrestling. But it didn't. Okay. It it took those eyeballs and kept them. Like I've said to you, uh, Hogan got me in the door, but Tito made me a fan. You know, mm-hmm. and then I went on to like other people. So so it's a very important feud. It, it is an important feud, but you know what? Before everything you said, before the Wendy and Moolah match, and we'll talk about a couple of matches here, Reflectionites, let's look at the business with Moolah, because Moolah was women's wrestling. Moolah, Mae Young. Moolah was the Vince McMahon of women's wrestling. Either you was associated with her, she trained you, and she kind of, quote-unquote, owned your rights to to have promoters book you. So Bula had a stranglehold of women's wrestling. Well, you know, you could talk about paydays being, you know, you know, low for a lot of women. Bula was not getting a low payday. She was getting her payday for being the champion, and she was getting a percentage of any woman she trained or booked because of her and her association with her. So you was in a strangle, T.W., she was Vince McMahon Jr. before Vince McMahon Jr. was taken over, you know, globally. She was the monopoly of women's wrestling, whether you liked it or not. You, you agree with that, right? I don't think, because that's, that's putting Vince in a worse light than he's already in. She's more like that guy I told you, Paluzzo or whatever his name is, the guy that ran Windy City Wrestling. They called him Evil Vince. Okay. Evil Vince had a school. He trained you. He, he booked you. If you wrestled for anyone other than him, he would tell you that he would blackball you from the business. He took, he didn't pay you. You would be on his show, which was a sold show. I think I told you. I, I subbed for uh, Chris Carter um, for a match against one of the Turbo Twins, who was the champion. Mm-hmm. I, I subbed. I didn't meet that dude until we were in the ring. We called everything in the ring. Um, me, um, Denny Cass, God rest his soul. I want to say Rhino was there, but he might not have. Yeah, Rhino was there because I went with him to WCW the next night with Scott Demore. So Scott Demore, Rhino, me, Denny Cass, um, Bobby Clancy, and, and Otis Apollo, we are the only ones who got paid on a show with like 10 matches. Right. That's what Moolah did. She would give you money, but then she'd charge you rent because I think it was the dark side of the ring they had on her where they all lived with her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Bambi or Wendy Richter. One of them was like, fuck you, and got out of there and went out on her own. So, I think it was Bambi first. Yeah, it was Bambi because Wendy, I don't think, was ever there because Wendy was Mid-South and then went to Vince. And that's why she held Vince up for money, not Moolah. And here's the funny thing. I know we're, gonna, we're getting way ahead, but, I mean, come on, how much we get talk? If you watch any of these matches and Reflectionites, they are not Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. They are not. Uh, so that's the most recent, you know, good match on record. They're worth watching because it's a shoot half of the time. It is absolutely, especially the spider match. They're not selling for each other. They're hammering each other. And I watched Mula do a move to Wendy Rector in the match that she, that she was trying to win the belt back. It was, I think it was Saturday night's main event, unless that was the one she wanted. But anyway, she went outside the ring, and then you know how guys will uh, jump over the top rope and then drag a guy off the top rope, and then he bumps back like mm-hmm. 
Right. She she went outside of the ring. She didn't even jump over the rope because she's 70. She grabbed Wendy Richter's hair and just jumped to the floor and pulled right. Wendy down by her hair, and then she snapped back, like, 100% shoot. Um, mm-hmm. And it was because she was pissed. They gave a fuck about those belts back then. It, it was not you made the belt. It was that belt meant you got paid more, and they both held on to it for dear life, and it was so stiff, man. And I, I felt bad for Wendy because she's kind of naive. She's kind of like every other young wrestler, like, do I fuck this lady up or do I want a job? You know, you got to pick one or the other. And, right. and, and so, and well, remember, want to say before, you got to say, you have to look at this spectrum here because, again, you talked about Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. They're under guaranteed contracts. They already know right. the money they're going to make no matter right. what. Right. You right. don't right. know in the 80s what money, you, what payoff you're going to get unless you know the gate. So that's a different thing. So there's a lot of pressure, not only to get the house in order, but that gate. You don't know what and the percentage is. And that not- belt means you get a bigger cut of the gate. A- absolutely. So, But I want to point out one thing that, that correlates of what we watched with today. Mm-hmm. Everyone's losing their shit over Ric Flair wrestling at 73 years old. I think that's all he is. Right. Mula was older and still wrestling, but she never stopped. Mm-hmm. And same thing, Mae Young did stop for probably 40 years and then came back and was older um, and took a Dudley bomb from the stage to the floor. So, yeah, it's different because Rick almost died a couple years ago. He's in a coma and all that. But where mm-hmm. was the outrage when Medusa was literally 60 years old in 85 and she was on Raw in the 90s? So that means she was older, 70s, almost 80. She was in her 60s and the 80s during this time period with the, these right. matches. So yeah. let's look at from a from now the crossover thing. Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr., of course, the senile pervert that we all know today, but he was expanding TW. He was expanding the WWF when he bought it from his father. So he already had his vision of going nationwide. So on one end of the spectrum, on the male side, he had already Hulkamania on one end. And then again... To use the crossover mainstream appeal, he had Mr. T, and then you could, we could go with WrestleMania, all this stuff. Send it up. And now, on the flip side, he said, you know what? Women are not getting the recognition. Women are not getting the focus. Women are not getting the attention. They are, like an, like you said, an afterthought to, on the card for the, the female fans, the wives, to at least enjoy something for the wrestling, for the wrestling atmosphere, the wrestling event that they're watching begrudgingly because of their husbands. So, you know, we could take it with a grain of salt. But here, Vince McMahon knew that he, he had, a, a, I, I guess I'll use Moolah as the staple of women's wrestling. You had to have that for the legend. Hardcore, hardcore wrestling fans, like you said, a legend, an icon. She's still in her 60s during this time, still kicking ass and still being believable. But, of course, Vince McMahon needed somebody younger. He is somebody, you know, fresh face. Needed that girl next door. And who, and he had, and who did he pick? One of Moolah's students. And that was Wendy Richter. And we, we don't have to talk about her, you know, her history, TW. But before we even talk about the first matches and the chase and eventually winning it, what say you about Vince McMahon? I mean, again, for me in the 80s, the crop of women in terms of the look, the girl next door look 
the 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 beautiful women of wrestling were valets, not wrestlers. Right. Right. So when you got Wendy Richter, she you know in indifference to Moolah, indifference to Lalani Kai, in indifference to Judy Martin. Wendy Richter was the hottest. Wendy Richter could be on the cover of the Wheaties box, could do Good Morning America, and could sell those action figures. She is what Vince McMahon needed. Sex sells and is a good marketing ploy. What say you about Wendy Richter? To be fair to the other three, she's 30 years younger than them, too. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are you going to do? You you know, and, and again... I, Lani Kai was beautiful when she was younger, and then you could tell the win the women that hit the pubs with Andre the Giant because they weren't the same size in the in the eighties mm-hmm. as they were in the seventies and sixties when they when they first were coming around as students of uh, Moolahs. But um, yeah, and 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 I mean, some credit has to Wendy had to be um, inspired to become a wrestler by someone. Someone had, and who else could it be but Mula, right. who was like, "Hey, I can do this. I want to do. It. She's doing it. I want to do it, and she needs an opponent, you know. And uh, why not me? And like you mm-hmm. said, you had, especially in the mid '80s, you had Dark Angel, you had Candy uh, Divine, you had well, she wrestled Candy Divine, but she was also a valet. Precious, all, all these women, and then Elizabeth, all these women, they were beautiful, and they did not wrestle. Um, Dark Journey did a little bit, um, yeah, but more of uh, the attraction kind of matches, not not right. like it was like Bobby like Heenan wrestling in yeah. the weasel suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't chasing a belt. And and I want to say this too for all the McMahon haters, WCW did not have a women's champion until I want to say early nineties. They had Medusa defend the A or Sherry Mart somebody defended the AWA women's title on WCW Saturday night because they didn't have one. So they just brought her in and said, this is the, they didn't call it the AWA belt. They called it an international belt. I know it was Medusa. It It was Medusa. It wasn't Misty Sims. No, Misty Blue Sims. No. So, and they barely had women wrestling on there. And then when nitro happened, when Medusa came and dropped the bag, uh, the belt in the garbage can, then the shit got, and they still didn't have a women's division. So, for all the shit talk of McMahon, he's the only guy until modern times that gave women uh, a platform. time, a platform. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. but to answer your question about Vince, think about it as baseball since you're wearing the Yankees hat. You got four mm-hmm. bases. You got singles, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. tag teams, British Bulldogs, uh, midgets, and then the women. And they, they, there you go. What else is there? You know what I mean? And And those are the four things in wrestling you got. Midgets, women, tag teams, and and singles wrestlers. He had them all because yeah. we we know midgets not because of WCW, definitely not from AEW. We know them from Little Beaver and Little T and all those Lord guys, Little Lord Littlebrook. Yeah. yeah, there you go, there. Lord Littlebrook. We know them because they were actually at WrestleManias. Um, mm-hmm. And WrestleMania three had them, two had them, I think one. So they they did it and. I think it backfired with the women, especially in the 90s, because then it became the TNA, and then the women were disgusted by it. They weren't in, inspired well, by it, you know what I mean? But I think we're, we're jumping the we're kind no, of no, jumping no, the I'm time machine back. for the, for the importance. Wendy I know. and Madu and 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 um, Bula, Bula. they they the women were like fuck yeah because they were badasses. They were they were fighting, and 
One of the matches I watched, a guy I never even heard of, he, he's interviewed, I've never seen him before, he's interviewing Mula, and he says, what's the difference between the men and the women? Because there's like a different base to it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think you guys are faster. And she goes, oh, we're definitely faster. And he goes, lighter on your feet and lighter. And she's like, yeah. So basically he told her everything and she disagreed. But it was a change of pace, right? Because like you said, I mean, it, it wasn't until probably the 80s that people started drop kicking. You know, someone drop kicked in the seventies or sixties. Ah, no, but, but I mean, someone. I mean, mm-hmm. every match has drop kicks in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it it was the finish in the seventies and sixties if you got drop kicked. That was the kitchen sink. You know what I mean? Nobody mm-hmm. went to the top rope. Nobody did all that stuff. So these these two women and you know whoever was with Matusa, he changed said Mula, leading up to Wendy Richter, they they they're. There's a lot of women. Everyone wants to give Trish Stratus credit or Sonny, whoever. But, man, they, the pioneers are Wendy Richter and, and um, Medusa for getting it noticed. Yeah, this is why I wanted to do the rivalries with Richter and Moolah personally because, right. again, people talk about Trish Stratus and, and Lita, and no disrespect to them, Reflectionites. They but, revolutionized it. They right. just didn't blaze the trail. right. Richter and Mula were the perfect women to blaze the trail for the mainstream success of professional wrestling in the 80s because all the all the dichotomies were there, TW. So now let's talk about the celebrity factor here, and then we'll talk about that first match where she – well, actually, she wasn't even involved in the first match. It was the second match. But we have to talk about pop star, pop sensation, Cindy Lauper of MTV fame. Again – all the planets aligned, TW, with cable TV and MTV. MTV was, you know, people were like, music, tele- music videos, 24 hours a day, that'll never fly. MTV became a staple in Americana, TW, and Cyndi Lauper was at the forefront. Her, Michael Jackson, uh, Billy Joel, uh, again, they used Hall and Oates, Duran Duran. Madonna, Madonna, Duran Duran. They use music videos for the platform to get exponentially bigger than life. So Vince McMahon, it would behoove him to use a female celebrity on the female professional wrestling side to get one of her stars over. And she used Cyndi Lauper to be the quote-unquote manager of Wendy Richter. So the plan is aligned, TW, of using the celebrities in the right context, in the right manner. What say you about the celebrity factor? Then we'll talk about one, one of the matches. Remember how you asked me if it was a coincidence that I had Lex and you think not? Because tonight, as you listen to this, he has an A&E-W, A&E-W. <laughs> I did both. A&E biography. Yesterday, as we record this, yesterday, mm-hmm. was MTV's 41st birthday. Did you nah. know that? No, nah, I know that their the, the, yesterday. The, the network was in August. I forget the exact date, though. Uh, August, apparently, first or second. I don't know what day this is. At first, August first, nineteen eighty-one, must be it because it's the it's the forty-first um, birthday of MTV. That's insane because neither mm-hmm. one of us realized when I had Lex Luger there and you picked MTV. Well, we weren't talking about MTV per se, but that's what got mm-hmm. this thing started. But right. yesterday, but I just want to say this: those people that said it would never fly were half right. Because MTV is anything but music television now. I've, I've been telling people for 20 years the M stands for miscellaneous because it's a, it's a bunch of bullshit that's not music. It might have mm-hmm. music as a backdrop and music-inspired 
uh, shitty reality shows, but it is not music anymore. And, and I miss it because it was, it was something I ran home from school for to catch MC hammer. You can't touch this in, in the nine, you know, 89, 90 and, and stuff like that. It was, it was an event. And, Every Thursday was a new release video, like world yeah, debut. MTV had a, its moments in the 80s and 90s years. when it came with, years, with yeah. music, music awards. But again, that was needed. That was Vince McMahon was shrewd enough and wise enough to incorporate MTV to and WWF for their relationship. They're, they're similar in the respect that MTV was shunned by mainstream and mm-hmm. so was wrestling. And together... They made both of them mainstream. You know right. what I mean? Because you don't have WrestleMania without the tie to, to MTV, and MTV doesn't become a household name. It's, it's two become one, and it, it was it was the absolute match made in heaven because it, it worked it out the, for both sides. It was the biggest fu to mainstream, and they yeah. both uh, flourished because of that. So yeah. now TW. Let's talk about one of the matches here in this greatest rivalries edition of the PWR podcast here at the PWS Networks at Powerbeam.com. We're going to go back to May 21st, 1984. Fabulous Moolah is defending the Ladies World Championship against Wendy Richter. So, TW, and this was in the perfect house, Madison Square Garden, the house that, you know, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon country, if you will. House that and Junior. Hmm? The house that Hulk built. That's what they call it in wrestling. Well, I don't know. H- Hogan didn't build the house of MSG. You know, the Knicks yeah. did it. You know, or the was Rangers it Bruno? It. Was it Bruno? The house that Bruno because built? I'll, I'll give it to Bruno. So Bruno, Bruno built that house. Gets credit. Yeah. One of them gets credit for building yeah. the damn Bruno house. Bruno gets more credit than Hogan. Hogan put it to the next stratosphere. I'll give you that. But and Bruno built the house of consistency. Yeah. Bruno built it off of consistency. But... Let's talk about the May 21st, 1984 match where Wendy Richter is chasing the fabulous movie. And again, 1984, I believe she is 64 years old, TW, still kicking ass. And like you said, 28 years as the ladies world champion. I don't I don't know if I can believe the 28 year run, because, again, just like uh, Andre the Giant kids. she no, 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 no. Years I, I just want to say, I just want to say this. If oh, you know, yeah. when they say like Andre the Giant has never been slammed, but then you could go on YouTube and find all the times that Andre the Giant was slammed before Hulk Hogan and WrestleMania three. It kind of dumbs it down a little bit. So I could say the same thing about Moolah being a twenty-eight year champion. I don't want to discredit it, but again, probably there was ebbs and flows of stopping and starting and stopping and starting, but she still had the belt. But I'm not taking away her dominance. I'm not taking away her legacy. I'm just saying that probably there were some stop gaps. That's all I'm going to say. It's, it's like when you were bitching mm-hmm. about the 20-year career of Rey Mysterio because it was three of them where he wasn't there. But even though it was still it's, 20 years ago it, that he debuted. Truth. It's still the truth. He wasn't it's still 20 years since he debuted in the WWE. I got that part, but they weren't celebrating that. They weren't celebrating the debut. They said he even said it. I was I was in WWE for 20 years, and I said, "Where's the three years that you was in Lucha Underground, AEW, and all this stuff?" But they neither here nor there. Let's. It it's was, he was freelancing. He was freelancing. It was, it was some. It's semantics. Neither here nor there. But let's talk <laughs> about that first match. Wendy Richter is chasing. Moolah is the champion. Moolah has. You know, all the has the legacy, has the reputation. Once you get into Madison Square Garden, now here, TW, this is to me this match again. This is very stiff. There's a lot of hair, hair. Uh, what's that move? The the hair whip. It's called a hair whip, right? Snapmare, but with the hair. Yeah, snapmare with the hair, but it's a lot of that. It's very stiff here, TW. But I want to say this: we could talk about the fuck finish at the end. Mueller 
retains her championship. You know, you already talked about that promo. But this, to me, is the litmus test for Wendy Richter, not only chasing to become the women's champion, but can she validate herself as as a challenger, a worthy competitor to Moolah, and believable enough to become the ladies' world champion? Because, again, Vince McMahon is putting a lot of stock in her at 20 three years old at this point at, at this point in time so she's young she's green but you 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 and i obviously know this is hindsight thinking right now vince mcmahon has plans for wendy richter vince mcmahon has plans to take her to the next level let's say you because again we're wrestling fans first and foremost so we have to see if she is believable enough to take to overtake fabulous moolah what say you well we, what we have to see is if she's tough enough because it, this match is just, I mean, all of them are, but th- this is this is almost another, uh, not indictment, yeah, an indictment of, of territory wrestling mentality because Moolah the entire time in there is protecting herself. Remember how Piper wouldn't lose anybody? She's she's doing the same thing. She She's such a mark for herself, but not really a mark, just overprotective because she knows losing – means she's not on the top spot. And if you watch it, it's almost like she's hitting Wendy Richter hoping she'll quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the tests that she had to pass because if you're going to get the belt and then you're just going to quit because Moolah's a bitch, then we can't put the belt on you. Plus, they always test to see how the crowd reacts. Um, but, man, it's, it's just such a boring match because they're just – killing each other and most of it's on the ground or in the corner on the rope um but one thing i'll say wendy richter must have studied hulk hogan tapes because she's the baby face yes she's an asshole heel the way she's acting in the ring like i'm gonna beat your ass bitch i'm gonna take your belt i want your belt and then she's pushing her and she grabs the ref by his hair and tells him to watch you know watch what she does and it's just weird to see her so aggressive and then moolah just goes She's so likable. She just looks at the camera or the crowd and just, you looked away when I did it, but she goes like, cheer for me, you know? And it's like, she's so likable that in hindsight, it's almost people should have been cheering for Moolah based on presentation there. But that's the beauty of wrestling back then. They hated Moolah because of her promos. They liked Wendy Richter regardless of her promos because they just wanted to see someone kick Moolah's ass because they didn't like her pompous ways and her braggadocious and she come out with her expensive jacket and her dollar sign glasses. But it's just so weird to me how Wendy Richter comes off more as a heel in the ring than Moolah right. does. Yeah. And when you look, and again, you, you didn't answer my question because again, well, I, I think you did, but I'm trying to see if I'm, I want to get the, the wrestler perspective here again. Like I said, this is a litmus test for Wendy Richter. To, the toughness. To That's valid. what I'm telling you. Well, you said toughness, but again, maybe I'm going with the business end of it. Is she believable to get the right. house? Is she believable they, to be the champion? And they want to see how the crowd reacts. And if you remember at the finish, that crowd booed like crazy. So mm-hmm. there it is. That's what happened. And then they also do it if you want to skip to the next match. They still do it in a way that's very much like the Ronda rousey Liv Morgan match the other day, right? right. Where... If shit gets south, you've got a, a excuse to reverse the decision. Like, remember when the Rockers got their belts taken off of them? Oh, the top rope broke. 
because they became assholes after they won the belt. So they were like, nope, not having it. So mm-hmm. if, if, in, in the, the, the match after this one, they're still testing her because, you know, if she becomes an asshole, we, we got to have an out. Right. Well, we're going to talk about the second match, but let's now Wendy Richter came up short. Reflection Nights. She and, won, though. She won by countout. No, no, but she didn't get the belt. That's what I'm just no, saying. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the eight. Well, I don't want to call it Dusty. This is not Dusty Booking. Honky Tonk. But, honky Tonk, man. Well, you could say it's Honky Tonk Booking. But, again, now, like you said, the litmus, te- the litmus test is there. She is believable. She can be the champion. And this was in May of 1984. So now we will fast forward to July of 1984. This was the MTV special here where she was double main event. This is a double main event. The women's side was the double main event. And now the caveat that this was on MTV, Wendy Richter had backup. She was represented by Cindy Lauper. She was represented by David Wolf. And on the other side, Fabulous Moolah, well, let's not forget, Fabulous Moolah had managerial representation. We can't forget that. She was represented by Captain Louis Albano. Everybody remembers Louis Albano as the tag team connoisseur of manager of, of manager champions. But, of course, he had a women's champion under his tutelage, under his belt. Not only that, he had the Intercontinental uh, Heavyweight Championship under his belt. So, what say you, T.W., before we get into the second match, the importance of the players on the outside with Cindy Lauper on one end and Captain Lou Albano on the other end? Did it add to your in- intrigue? Did it add to the interest, or you didn't need that? It was just too much well, of a side I, I, I wasn't a fan yet for this. So um, it's funny because when I am a fan, when I'm full-on into it, Lou Albano is with George the Animal Steel as baby faces and then the British Bulldogs. So to see him as a heel so close to when I started watching, it's surreal. Cause I'm like, what the hell? He was with Moolah. I, I thought he was always with the off of the wild Samoans and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but they did, they did the same thing that AEW just did it recently at, at little Caesar's arena with me there where she threatened to get, Oh, was that the second match where she got Cindy kicked out? No, it was the third match that she was. I mean, the second match with Cindy. Yeah. No, she got mm-hmm. her kicked out. But, yeah, so, yeah. So, it, it absolutely, like, for me as a kid, I remember hearing about this. I just wasn't a wrestling fan yet because I want to say it was on, like, Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon was when it was on MTV. Like, I think it was a Sunday afternoon. They did it like boxing matches used to be during the day and shit. This, and, this was either Saturday or Sunday at about 4 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, but but it was an all day thing. It wasn't yeah. like um, the matches started, but they p- pushed it all day. And right. again, we we both know it's well documented on our show. I didn't have cable, so I couldn't see it. But mm-hmm. I remember hearing about it. And whenever I was at my cousin's house, and I was in my cousin's house in the summer, so uh, I might have had to go home at four o'clock on a Sunday, and that's why I didn't get to see it. But right. I remember seeing highlights of it on the news. Stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty big deal. And I was drawn to it, interest-wise, by Cindy Lauper because, like everybody else in the world, everybody was down with girls just want to have fun. Um, and I think it's the third match. She comes out to She Bop, which was the follow-up album 
So girls just want to have fun. Right. Um, well, Wendy Richter used that as hold swing on to music. The, hold on to the she bop because the, the, that's the masturbation song. I don't want to talk about the masturbation song. Yes, <laughs> yes. I want to focus on the second match because I think the hyperbole and the importance of this being a double main event because, again, I believe the main event of that one was Hogan and Piper. So, again, this is a great – this, again, the war to this, settle the score, wasn't the it? Called, settle, yeah, this is the that was the war to settle the score. No, it was pre-war to settle the score, but it was still Hogan and Piper. It wasn't that. That was '85. But neither here nor there. But being a double main event, TW, that says something on the women's end because again, women's matches. Not even it didn't come to this point in the eight. This is I. I'm not going to say this is the first legit main event, but this is the first legit. Women's high-profile match push maybe push and push all that stuff in wrestling. They weren't history. already in the ring. Normally, they're already in the ring on this side. Wendy Richter, this side Mula, and this they they got pomp and circumstance. Right, and again, this is Madison Square Garden reflection night. So this is the world's most famous arena, and of course, Wendy Richter's coming down to girls just want to have fun. And the funny thing, TW was within the the WWF you know, Saturday television series, they recognize Captain Lou being on Cindy Lauper's, uh, you know, music videos. And then Captain Lou Albano keeping in character saying, well, she discovered Cindy. She uh, put Cindy on the map and all this stuff. She, he did the, he was heels over strong. And that was so beautiful. And that actually made sense to get into this match because all the, again, the planets aligned. Cindy Lauper felt like, Captain Lou disrespected her, undercut her, or whatever, and now you have meaning. You got two female wrestlers representing the antagonist of Captain Lou and the protagonist of Cindy Lauper. What say you about that? And let's talk about certain things in this match that caught your eye. It's like Bobby Lashley with Donald Trump in Austin with Vince McMahon, or whatever, Umaga with Vince McMahon, whatever the match was. Um, yeah, that's funny. They had captains. But wasn't Cindy Lauper on the cartoon? What cartoon? The Rock and Wrestling cartoon. Wasn't she on there for an episode with Captain Lou? No. I swear she was on one or two. Because Wendy Richter's on there and so is Captain. And Captain's a good guy on the cartoon. Yeah, but that's 85. The, and Wendy and, and Captain were, were both on it. I could have sworn there was one episode with Cindy Lauper on there. So if Phil Scott Woodle, he'll correct us if there. Or our man on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coupon. Tan Coupon always will, will give us the, yeah, the yeah. scoop, the inside scoop. But I, being the professor, am 99% sure that Sidney Lauper was not on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, but neither here nor there. But, T.W., what cap, what caught your eye? Again, Wendy Richter becomes the new women's heavyweight champion of the world. The finish. Describe the finish eye. to the reflectionites that caught your eye. Was it a so smart song of the finish? To you? Absolutely, absolutely, because it, 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 it's, you're, you're waiting to see, and again, I'm getting ahead of myself, because they ended up being proven justified in doing all this stuff, because Wendy started getting a big head, and um, Moolah rolled her up, it was, it was really a fucking terrible belly-to-back bridge suplex, but she just rolled her, but God bless her, mm -hmm. she's 64 years old, um, and it's a double pin, and at the last second, Wendy gets her shoulder up, so there's confusion because there's not big screens like there are now. The arena doesn't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on. That Who old referee sucked. Let me just say this. The old referee sucked. I hated that old referee. Oh, fucking old as fuck. And so both of them are confused over who won. 
Uh, and then they finally showed the replay after they announced new women's champ, new ladies champion, and the place went banana. It, it, it popped for Wendy being champion. And um, they showed the replay, and then Gorilla and Jesse were like, well, we don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden, she gets her shoulder up, and Gorilla goes, there it is. She got her shoulder up. Very smart move by Wendy Richter. And you can see Moolah's shoulders are still pinned, and it was, but it was still in a way done that if she became an asshole, they could hold the belt up and say it was a double pin. Right, even though she got her shoulder up, they would just forever not show that replay again, and then right. make Lil Annie Kai do the job to move and get the belt back on her. So they just did that, and then it led to the third match, which is the one where Mula got Cindy kicked out of the ringside. Before, before we get into the third and fourth matches, we have to say how special this rivalry is because after Wendy Richter wins in the special MTV July episode, July of 1984. Technically, now this is the Wendy Richter run. This is the Wendy right. Richter era. So, Fabulous Moolah takes technically, I want to put this in air quotes, TW, a back seat. Because now, remember, when we get to WrestleMania time, uh, Fabulous Moolah is now represent. she's being a managerette. She's representing right. Lalani Kai. So, basically, what should have... Now, let me ask you this question before we get into the third and fourth matches. Again, this is kind of like a quick rivalry, so I don't want to, you know, go into the chronologies too much, TW. But we have to at least acknowledge that she was the manager. She helped Lalani Kai defeat Wendy Richter at Madison Square Garden in February of 1985. And, of course, Wendy Richter with the help of Cindy Lauper. And, and of course, Cindy Lauper, you got to give Cindy Lauper her, her just due. She was there for a long-ass run. She was there for a year. Not, not That's why I think she was on that cartoon. No, she wasn't. Again, you, you again. You're smoking that good I'm stuff. One, I'm 1% sure she was. I'm 99% sure she wasn't. But anyway, neither here nor there. But I want to give credences. I want to give an acknowledgement to Sydney Lauper's, you know, she was touring world, you know, the world all over with She Bop and girls just want to have fun. But she made it a point to be on the, the wrestling shows on a Saturday. She made it a point to, okay, I know, money, money, money. I get you. But. She probably she, enjoyed it. That's what I want to ask. Did she, besides the money, because she got paid handsomely, she got, I think, $100,000 every time. That's neither here nor there. I'm, she might have got from 20000 to 100000 because of her star status. But do you think she loved it as a fan of wrestling, TW? What say you before we talk about certain things? I think she loved it in the moment. Like I like, the, I think she loved doing it. But I don't know about the wrestling fan part of it because one of the promos she calls it wrestling mania, and that's when you're like, okay, this bitch ain't watching wrestling because you don't fuck that up. Okay, WrestleMania I'm... was shoved down people's throats so much, but it was it still new though. It was still a, new. A, it was right, still new. right. And it could just be a slip up because she's so all in on her promo that she just wrestling mania. You know, like shit, it's WrestleMania. She just kept going like a pro. So, but I, I think she enjoyed it. I think, I, I think, like, oh Ken, what, I bring it up all the time whenever I feel like it's relevant. You never saw uh, Lawrence Taylor wrestle again, right? Right. He, he enjoyed the spotlight. He, he enjoyed everything until he wrestled that match at WrestleMania, and he has been on record as saying it's the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. And I think he did well. I know. Back then, he took a lot of heat. They all said it was garbage. I disagree. I think he did awesome for a one-timer. I think Jake, what's his name, Logan Paul, whatever Paul is, I think he was better than Logan Paul, but Logan Paul is probably going to get better than, than he was. So Cindy Lauper, the fact that she kept coming back, I, I, 
regardless of money. Because you know what? I'm not going to eat a bag of shit twice if you give me $100,000 to eat it once, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, you're like, I'm good, you know? But she kept coming back, and I think that dude, what's his name, Wolf? David, David Wolf. Wolf. He's a guy I think was the wrestling fan because he, he had that Jimmy Hart vibe to him. Like He's another one who came off as a heel. He's supposed to be the baby face. But right. you could tell he had a little bit of a wrestling fan in him. And I, I, I wouldn't doubt Cindy, like, back then, Cindy's dad or grandpa probably watched this shit because that's how I got into it. My stepdad was watching it or, or, you know, older people watched it. And so she probably was familiar with it, but maybe not a fan. And then to get to do it, it probably tickled some of her family members because she's a New Yorker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and New yeah. Yorkers are wrestling fans, yeah. dude. So, mm-hmm. so she probably was tickling some of her family pink by being involved in wrestling. So I, I think she enjoyed it. Okay. Let's, I, I, Let's tweet again, her. Let's tweet her. Yeah. I've just I've just wanted to put that out there. I'm not I'm not I'm just acknowledging it and actually applauding her efforts because her and Mr. T well, Mr. T, we've heard like backstories about, you know, the the swelled head, the entourage and all that stuff. Didn't really hear anything about Cindy Lauper. So I think she she knew that she was helping Wendy Richter. She knew she was helping women's wrestling without even knowing it. So that, that I'm just saying, we're just putting acknowledgement on it. Let me ask you a second question before we, then we will talk about the third and fourth matches. Again, Lalani Kai gets into the picture of this rivalry between Wendy, Wendy Richter and Fabulous Moolah because now she's a managerette. Moolah is the managerette. Lalani Kai wins the women's championship, then loses it at WrestleMania 1. Double main event again. Wendy Richter was the, the match preceding Hogan, Mr. T, Piper, and Ornoff. We don't have to talk about that. But, TW, let me ask you this question. We already did the May 84. We talked about July 84. Why do you think, in your humble opinion, this was not the WrestleMania 1 double main event, Wendy Richter versus Fabulous Moon? Why was it Wendy Richter versus Lamani Kai? Because they they needed her to win the belt on that main Saturday Night's main event, which is probably one of the first ones, right? That that Wait, main event, what Saturday Night's main event. Where no, she no, that, that was that was an MTV special that she won. Oh, okay. Well, the Saturday Night's main event is when she just successfully defended it. Okay, yeah. so, so perfect. They had to have a title change, right? Piper wasn't beating Hogan, so you you know what I mean. Like, not that mm-hmm. anybody wanted to see Piper beat Hogan, but by having Wendy, it made a it made a celebratory um, thing. So, right. if you put the belt right back on Mula, here's why they they did it. They they so now you got new eyeballs like on on that MTV deal, but now mm-hmm. WrestleMania this is it this is for all the marbles. Vince wanted the world to see Wendy Richter become champion, right? So if it would have been her versus Moolah again, she would have just successfully defended it, and to the new eyeballs on there, they'd be like, oh okay whatever, right? But we all know how they show you the packages over and over again ad nauseum. So you, we know that she got cheated out of her belt. We know Mula did it. And, you know, Lilani Kai became champion because of Mula. So now the deck stacked against her. What Was Cindy with her there or was yeah. Captain Lou with her there? No, uh, Captain Lou was not in, in, involved in the Lilani Kai situation. Okay. All right. So, so she's there. And now... Again, WrestleMania 1 is not even Hogan defending the belt. So there's not even a men's world title. So now you have you have to have the success story and the underdog story of her. And now there's there might be people watching WrestleMania that didn't even see the MTV thing, uh, me being one of them, because I didn't have cable. 
right? Right. So now she wins that belt, and I think Moolah was done, too, at that point. I think the only reason she ends up being champion again is because of what would be happening with Wendy Richter. Um, and, and so at the end of the day, it's smarter to have her beat Lilani Kai with Moolah as her manager, set up for weeks and months ahead of time with Moolah still involved, because now you're not burying Moolah again just by hot potato and a belt back and forth. You put it mm-hmm. on someone different where people don't really know Lilani Kai one way or the other, so they don't know if she's capable of going on a long run with the belt. But that, that That's why I want to ask you that question. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Moolah want maybe, you know, the, the wear and tear. Being in her 60s, she can't do it all the time. And Vince McMahon needs you to, to be in the ring and give a good match as best as you can. So maybe Moolah couldn't do that. I understand that. I'm just saying maybe we're going into hindsight. Would it have been a better draw, Moolah-Richter WrestleMania 1, or or is it a better draw with Richter-Lalani Kai? Are you putting another eye, you know, it's an a eyeball draw. on Lalani Kai to, to, like, expand the women's wrestling division, or do you just need the, the A players? What say you, TW? It's a better draw because people have already seen Wendy beat Moolah. Okay. You, it, it had to be someone else. Okay. Because, A, she beat her. And mm-hmm. then the Saturday Night's main event, that's where she finally went over clean. She went over clean in the Saturday Night's main event. So at this point, Moolah's just done. If she wrestles her again, it's their fourth match, and that's just on TV. So you had to have someone new. And it's better to have Wendy chasing her going into Mania and winning it for the success story. Because we all know everything starts over the next day. Now, I'm, know, not, I'm not disagreeing with the, her chasing again. Yeah, I think it's a great, it's the no. best money making uh, moment for it. And Moolah's sixty fucking four years old, so Lilani Kai is only forty eight and a half years old. Hey, so it's it's young. Women want to be independent, TW. So you know, if the Not men 85. put us in their sixties, and we we Not can 85. like you know, nit- if we can nitpick men being in their sixties and seventies, why can't we nitpick women being in their sixties? Get your ass to work. But ain't neither here nor there. But Big Ray, I know you listen to this. We need a ten bell. Salute, Wally Cleaver. Wally Cleaver, why? He died, man. Oh, Tony Dow. Oh, you don't ding, care. Ding, 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 ding. You got another old white dude. You some bitch. You you some bitch. I can't believe it. I'm just. He was I, I Puerto Rican. You'd be crying. You'd be crying if it was Ricky Martin. I would. Yeah, you're right. I would be crying. <laughs> but I, I'm not crying for Wally Cleaver. But neither here nor there. Go, All bro, right. So we still we still got. The reason that popped in my head is because in 1985, we still had Leave it to Beaver on TV, and women were still women who were happily married and raising families, damn it. And the Attitude Era ruined it. 1985, I was watching Christy Canyon and Tracy Lords. That's the women I was watching, but neither here nor there. No, the preacher. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> now let's talk about the third and fourth matches in it. Now we can talk about the Saturday Night's main event debut episode. This is, it I was, believe, So it was... It was the first one. Or yeah. the or the second episode. I'm not too sure. No, this is this is uh no, this is no the first one. This is May of nineteen eighty-five. Now when it's Wendy Richter defending the ladies championship, accompanied by Cindy Lopper. And what intrigued me, not only about the clean uh match, like you said, the clean victory over Mula, it was actually the promo before the Saturday Night's main event because the storyline now was Mula was petitioning politicking, if you will, reflectionize that she wanted Cindy Lauper barred from ringside because she thought it was an unfair advantage. And of course, Cindy Lauper retorted back that 
Moolah started this all first when she was a managerette. Moolah started the shenanigans. Moolah started all the hijink. What say UTW about the promo? Because actually that's a decent self-explanatory storyline that makes me engaged to watch this match. What say UTW about the Saturday night's main event match between Moolah and Wendy Richter? Again, we have a debuting episode, or if, if it is the second one, it's the debuting women's match on it and right. you gotta give it something different so yeah by doing what they did with with lawper you know there would be probably dave Meltzer would probably be going what a waste not to to pay that woman all that money and not even have her at ringside it's a waste uh but the reality is it, you're stacking the deck against wendy and now mula has albano he becomes involved in the match cindy's not there just like he's involved in every other match but wendy was there to offset with cindy and david wolf um, so you're, you're stacking the deck, and again, it's she's champ, but she's the underdog because the deck is stacked against her, and she still overcomes it. And the funniest thing is, everything ties to modern day. I know it wasn't Nashville in the in, in the the uh, football field for the uh, the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. but good lord, was the run to the ring for Cindy Lauper after the match ended just as long as Edge's run to the ring to help the Mysterios? AJ had it right by coming through the crowd going, I'm going to take the short way. And then he came out and beat up Ciampa. But but that that run for Cindy Lauper and another moment where she comes off as a heel. Fans are just trying to slap fives, and she's like, get off me, motherfucker, like like a true Brooklyner. You got to know, like, but you, I'm not going to defend Cindy Lauper, but I saw this with Hulk Hogan, too. When the the entranceway, the, the aisle was compressed smaller right. for the fans to really do some – Really damaged shit. Yeah. You know, you and might someone not realize grabbed, this. Someone grabbed at her purse or something, and she looked right. back like, motherfucker. But but she's and, – and that aisle was wider than Madison Square Garden, wherever – was this at Madison Square Garden, too? No, th- this uh, this yeah. was not at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it was a wider aisle. Madison Square Garden, man, was like sardine. Yeah. Like Hogan, sardine. Hogan's doing this, and people are on either side of his arms while he's doing but, it. But mostly, but, in the, but mostly in the 80s. No matter if it was NWA or WWF or World Class, it was compressed where yeah. the, the fans can touch you and could do some dangerous shit. And World so Class had fucking rope. They didn't even have the barricades like right. WWF and NWA had, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was nuts. But but what I'm saying is she still looks like running to the ring like, motherfucker, get off me, you know? And then she gets out there. But but that, that match... Wendy overcame the odds, and then Cindy come out and celebrated with her, and 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 I want to say Albano took some bumps for for Wendy, and the no, finish Albano was, was not was not involved in the third match inside. Then it was yet. the second. Then it was the second match that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so that changes everything. That means it's just evening the playing field if M- M- Mula doesn't right. have anybody and she doesn't have anybody. But right. But it was a clean finish. Um, finally, she got. Uh, and the funny thing is. Third match, third different outfit. This time, first two, first one she was a cowgirl, second one she had wrestling boots, third one she had ASIC shoes, and then the fourth one she had wrestling boots again. Or no, yeah, she had green boots or at least green kick pads or some shit. All right, she kept refining her look. Let me ask you a two-part question here, and then we'll talk about the infamous screw job. Because now Wendy Richter has got. You even said that she might have got a swell head, and she's thinking she's thinking more out the box because. Is she trying to find that defining look for her for the for the action figures or the the magazine covers? 
because she, you just named three she, different she looks. In, she invested in herself for sure, man. I and I, I, I think she was all in. And but unfortunately, and this is what I was talking about. They, they were saying basically she was smoking a lot of weed and getting a really really big head. And McMahon wanted her to drop the belt, and she didn't want to. So it's very similar to Brett and Sean. And the word on the street is they had her thinking someone else was under the mask. Okay, here's different differing things here. So now let's right. get into the infamous Montreal Screwjob from October or November of 1985 in Madison Square Garden. It's, it's, it's November. It's Wendy Richter defending the title against the Spider. It's not known it was uh, Fabulous Moolah until then. The Spider was actually portrayed by another female wrestler named Glenda Dean. So Wendy Richter said before the, the night, she saw Glenda Dean in the locker rooms. But she also saw the Fabulous Moolah in the back. And that kind of triggered something in her brain because Fabulous Moolah does not stay back you know, backstage in the locker room area unless she's scheduled and getting paid. So she's not doing that to visit friends and family. Right, so right. she knew something was up first. Now, T.W., you have, you said what you said about her, you know, smoking weed and maybe having a swell head. But again, let me give you the semantics and I want you to retort back to me. I'm not defending it. I'm just giving you the facts of what I've, I've figured this. WrestleMania payoffs. I have to go back to this. Hogan got almost 100000 Mr. T got a hundred thousand. Cindy Lauper might have got in the fifty to hundred thousand dollar range. What did Wendy Richter get? Five thousand dollars. Wow. So number that's part A of her gripes. Again, TW, you and I can agree women were not going to get paid the Hogan money, the Mr. T money. What did Moolah make? Or Lilani? Well, Moolah was the manager. There, there you go. Moolah got her maybe five or ten thousand dollars but also got a percentage of Wendy Richter's 5000 So Wendy didn't get the $5,000 payoff. Oh. If Moolah was representing her, she got her 10%. So what's 10% of 5000 TW? 500 But she got an extra 500 off of Wendy Richter's blood, sweat, and tears. And Lonnie Kai, probably. So another 1000 There you go. So she got 1000 for not breaking a sweat. So that's, a, that's one thing that pissed off Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter, again, we could talk about it. We talked about it a little bit with the Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling, the PWR at the Movies episode. She was on a full two seasons, but she left the WWE. So she's not getting any kind of royalties out of that. She felt like she should get royalties. I don't know if any other wrestlers got royalties. Maybe Hogan got some, got some chunk of change of royalties off of that deal, but Wendy wasn't getting anything. She wasn't getting any merchandise, because merchandise wasn't a thing until the 90s, really. So, again, Vince McMahon, you know, there's some shrewd business dealings that Vince McMahon does. So he could get a lot of the pie. So, TW, if you want to retort back, what do you think? Because, again, that payoff is insulting for what she did and what she accomplished. What say you? I 100% agree. But the other thing was, and, and like I said, Vince told her, we want to take the belt off you. Because I think Vince saw money in the chase. Like, Wendy chasing for the belt, right? Screwing her out of it or whatever. And Wendy's but how like, many, no, no. But how many chases will get interesting, TW, if you're right. chasing against right. the same woman? So I'm right. just saying. That's just me. Well, no. They probably were going to bring in other people. Maybe, I mean, back then you had Sherry Martell. You had Medusa, who was in AWA. You had, you had 
he was robbing AW of everybody. So, but no, but technically, you're naming names of women who weren't there yet. So there wasn't like a stacked women's roster. No, all, no, all we had was Lilani Kai. All we had was Judy Martin. I only know that's the only people I know. That's it. Right. That's like four women. So you can't yeah. really make her chase no, against other it. people. So I'm just there, that's there just was the a, I'm there was a couple other ones that would be on there because. Lilani Kai and Judy Martin would squash women in tag matches before the right. Jumpy Bob Angels came. I'm out. just saying, but for money but, draws. No, I understand. But she pulled a Hogan, she pulled an Austin, she pulled a Warrior. Where she's like, no, I think the play is, to, and that's why they thought she was getting a big head. She smoked a lot of weed, got this idea, and you know what she was doing. She was trying to be the girl Hulk Hogan. You keep the belt on him, keep the belt on me, and I guess as she was coming to the gorilla position. Gorilla was there with a contract and said, here's your new contract, sign it, on her way to the ring. And she refused and said, no, I need to read it first, and I need to have my lawyers look at it. And that was death talk to Vince McMahon saying, your lawyer's going to look at it. So that's when the green light was put on to take the belt off her screwjob way. And Medusa, or Medusa, Mula did it alone. Like, she had no help. Like, she just had to stick, like, she didn't. Get someone to talk Wendy into putting her in the sharpshooter. You know what I mean? Like, everyone conspired against Brett. Bula and the referee was told to count three. And it's so badly done. Like, All right, well, let's talk about the match itself. Right. Wendy Richter knew that there was something wrong with this particular match against the Spider. She kept trying to take the, the mask off the whole match. She, she knew that the Spider, it wasn't Glenda Dean because she was shorter and stockier. So she knew... It was the fabulous Moolah. If even if the if fabulous Moolah reflectionized was keeping her mouth shut, she wasn't going to say nothing. She was going to be a mute. Wendy already knew from the body stature it was her. It wasn't Glenda D. T. W. So right. let's right. talk about how weird this match was. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura were calling this match, so it was kind of weird then because both of them don't really call house shows. I don't remember them mostly. I remember Gorilla and Mean Gene calling house shows. I don't remember Jesse calling a, a house show. You know, when it doesn't mean nothing. So that's just me. This was really the first one. So what say you, TW, about the ambiance? Wasn't it, wasn't it Superstars or Challenge, though? No, this was a house show. This was a oh, it wasn't. plain and house they, show they, from Matt They just showed, it, they showed yeah. it as a highlight. So yeah. at the very end, when they do what they do, Jesse Ventura did what everyone's mad at Michael Cole for doing with Sasha and Naomi. He kept saying, she lost a match, Gorilla. Why? Why? Why doesn't she just accept it? Like she's being really unprofessional right now. Like he he buried her. Mm-hmm. And but my favorite part of the whole thing is, like you said, from start she's trying to rip that mask off the whole time. And then when she does get screwed, she goes into other spots and keeps doing shit. And to Mula's credit, Mula went with it. She didn't even she didn't even like just go into fisticuffs. Like she was on, she was defensive. She she is a rust. She's a professional. But, but she, so but she, she went the up, holes and she the protected the, But she protected the business. She went up for the body slam, and then Wendy killed her with a backbreaker. And then she's still trying to pin her. But my favorite thing of it all, and I hope you caught this, Wendy Richter. After she, I mean, she fucking beat her with that belt too. Like it, it, that was shoot. She's she's she didn't punch her. She was giving her forearms and shit. But she beat her with that belt, and when she find, she literally looked at the camera like Bret Hart when he did NWO, but she stared at the hard cam and walked back and forth, took the belt, went like this, and threw it, and then said, that's how you want to play, man? That's how you want to play to the camera, knowing Vince was in the back watching it. Yeah. And then they said she went to the back, grabbed her shit, and left. 
didn't change, didn't say nothing to nobody, and she never wrestled another match again for them. Yeah, she she changed in the airport. That's yeah, where she she changed her uh, gear from in, in the airport ladies' room, and then quit the WWF. Did not take any phone calls from Vince McMahon. Did not take any phone calls from Fabulous Moolah. So. Again, this was she had heat with uh, Vince McMahon for 25 years, and it took Triple H to get her into the Hall of Fame. So we, it wasn't a Vince McMahon trying to iron out and smooth things over. This was Triple H, you know, you know, paying the respects. But we don't have to go that far ahead. Let me ask you this question, T.W., before we put a bow on this greatest rivalries here, too. Again, this is more hindsight. We know what Vince McMahon wanted to do with Hulkamania. But he had a plethora. He had a depth of monsters, uh, technical wrestlers, and villains, and all this. You had Piper, Schultz, Stud, Bundy, One Man Gang, he, Kamala. I'm, I'm naming it off the top of my dome. But he had a plethora to keep Hogan at the top. Fed. He had a four-year run because of it. Again, I gave you that Orndor, Macho Man, Again, Rude. Right. You, you're naming more. But, I'm, again, the hindsight on the flip side was there's not that many on the women's end to make me believe. And you kept saying she needs to chase. Not a, enough of these women earned to me that respectability for Wendy Richter to chase and beat them because they weren't that high unless Moolah was a, a de facto, you know, insert into Manager. the, the storyline. Yeah. A mandatory insert into that. What say you about the problems that Vince McMahon might have had, even if he wanted her to, to drop the belt and the business end. Forget about the business end. Forget about flip, the money. I'm just talking about the hindsight. Philosophy. Flip it around. Flip it around. Keep her as champion. You still had the same problem. Yeah. She's got no one to beat. Who gives a fuck that she's champion, right? But what inevitably happened was she bet on herself. Which, who can blame her? Mm-hmm. And Vince said no, and Vince, in the end, was proven right. The other guys that did that, not that she's a guy, are Austin and Warrior, mm-hmm. and he ended up getting both of them back, right? So they proved their worth by staying away. Austin was gone almost a year, wasn't it? Yeah, At least almost. six months, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, fuck you, I'm not losing, I'm not doing it. He protected his brand, Warrior did it, came back, and then when he did it the second time, they're like, you know what, fuck you. And and they turned Mr. Perfect good guy, and that was that. But but Wendy Richter, I think she got too much too soon. I talked about this with Scott Demore. Scott Demore, one day we were going to a hockey game, and he goes, you know, you and Rico were ahead of your time, man. You guys deserve more. And I said, you know, I think it was I, – I actually, I think Scott said this. He, it was too much too soon. Like, we were a year in the business – Someone put us together as Los Rudos, and it was off to the races for two years. We, were, we never had to struggle. You know, we were never the guy already in the ring. And Scott thinks that hurt us because it made us less hungry to move on to other places. And I told you, I wanted nothing to do with ECW because I thought I would just get chewed up and spit out, so why bother? And right. I was doing good here. But he, he nailed it when he said too much too soon for me, but not ego-wise, ambition-wise. Okay. Wendy Richter... Because of MTV, because of WrestleMania, because of Saturday Night's main event, the, you know, all this stuff, it, that would fuel your ego if you were to have one. And, again, I don't blame her for anything she did, but the problem is it's always a gamble, and sometimes you're not going to win. And she did it. 
Warrior and Austin did, she didn't. Right. So, in essence, T.W., again, like you said, and like I'm going to say here, if it wasn't for Wendy Richter and Fabulous Moolah's rivalry, if it wasn't for it to be the double main events of WWF cards in Madison Square Garden in 84 and 85, respectively, we wouldn't have a Trish Stratus against Lita. We wouldn't have a Charlotte Flair against Sasha Banks. We wouldn't have Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair. We wouldn't have Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong on the other side. Again, we wouldn't have Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa on the AEW side. So, you know, a lot of these women, again, it's still, you know, I'm not saying we, I'm changing the goalpost, TW, but again, women's wrestling still needs a platform, still hasn't gotten the respect. It will always need to get respect. It's always a battle for respect. You agree or disagree? I have a different take, even for today's purposes. I absolutely agree. What 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 happened with Wendy and Moolah is simple. They had a program, whereas every other women's match, it was just added to the show. It was an added attraction. It wasn't a feature attraction. It was an mm-hmm. added. Moolah, Moolah and Wendy Richter were a featured attraction, and that's when they gambled on them. It worked, and from that point on, they were okay with bringing in Rock and Robin, and and they never stocked the fucking pond until the '90s, and that ugly ass butterfly belt, um, and then Impact did it, and w, WCW never did it. They never really had. Even when Medusa came over, she wrestled Bull Nakano. That was it. Like you know, maybe some other Japanese did that, but they never put anything behind it. So in hindsight, be it with Mula and and, and Wendy, and then again with the Divas, and then eventually the women's chant. Vince, Vince has featured women more than anyone else in any promotion um, until AEW. And now AEW, it still pales in size to the women's division in WWE. You know, just, just with the two girls coming, three girls coming back the other day, one was released, one was out injured. You had six women in that ring, plus Becky Hurt, plus they got a whole other program with other women on it, right? Whereas mm-hmm. on... On AEW, there's like a handful of women where you think they're going to win that belt or not. It's when is Britt going to wrestle uh, Jade? When does that match happen? Why does no one call for it? Hey, like, you know, again, those are their two best women, the, and they the protect best, them both by not having them against each other. The best booker in the world, Tony Khan, is is milking that for all it's worth. But neither here nor there, and we close on this greatest rivalries edition of the PWR podcast here at the PWS Networks at Powerbeam.com. TW, you've been so good. I'm going to give you a week off, and we'll come back in those weeks, and we'll do something new. We might go episodic. We might do another rivalries. We might go to the movies, or we'll do something new box tw so again you'll get a week off reprieve because you deserve it so drink up and be merry but before you do that give out those socials so we can get out of here and again they're on a timeout for one more week may i gotta see what they're doing all right so our show can be found on twitter at pw reflection um then you have the man that puts it all together um i think this is why we're on vacation uh at big ray hernandez uh, oh, is that also his TikTok? Yes, Big Ray Hernandez. I got it, okay? It's yeah. Big Ray Hernandez. Oh, I'm no. not he, a TikTok guy. Shit. He yelled at both of us in the group thread. You motherfucker, it's Big Ray Hernandez. So, at Big Ray Hernandez, this is his Twitter and his TikTok. Check them both out. Um, I personally love his TikTok. 
He sings on there. He sent me the app finally. I did a couple songs on my couch the other night. There ain't no way they're going to ever hear the light of day. I got to talk to him a little bit more to know how he got it so smooth because it's almost like Max Headroom. It's like, rah, rah, rah. you got to wear headphones while you do it. You need, so it was, you need the big rig tutorial. Tutorial, so. right, right. So so then you have that. And then mine is Tommy Wonder 19 is my Instagram and my more political Twitter. And then you have... At the Tommy Wonder is my TikTok and my wrestling Twitter, which is becoming political because wrestling fans are fucking political. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder and Snapchat is number wonder. Dum Dum doing an idiot. Uh, someday we're going to get a video out, but just keep us in mind in case we ever do. And then, of course, the Big Vito brand. Uh, they they host us. Uh, so help if them I, out. Big Vito. If, if I call you the Iron Stomach one, you got a TikTok, then be the Iron Stomach for yourself. Sometimes I think I'm... I think I'm going to do the beer and, and, and Mountain Dew mixture and, and do that. Because, first of all, it sounds gross, and it sounds like it's going to hurt my stomach yes, and yes, then my will. ass later on. But yes, half Mountain Dew, half beer. So I might do that on TikTok. I'm always looking for stuff to do on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. It's hit or miss on there, uh, depending on what your hashtag is. But that FYP, FY, and For You page, that shit don't do shit. Okay. I'm just saying you got no, no, I know. I know. the Iron Stomach no. one for a reason. Go ahead. Yeah. I, you're right, man. I got to start doing stuff. And so, uh, bigvetobrand.wixsite.com and patreon.com backslash the big veto brand. And you can find me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWHustleProf. And again, follow my brothers in arms. You got Billy Ray Valentine, the man with the documents. He already knows who has won the midterm elections. He already has that, but he's not going to let it out. You got to you gotta listen to the infinite fringe. But follow him on his Twitter at OB when you know me. And 8-Track Brown, the dirtiest of the city, his original Twitter has been suspended. Again, I'm not going into the politics here. But I think his other uh, sub-Twitter is 8-Track Brown itself. It's just 8-T-R-A-C-B-R-O-W-N. Just that. It's not the other one. He followed me, and I followed him back the other day. Yeah. So So he has another Twitter. He has a substitute Twitter, and I don't know that. But neither here nor there. Again, TW, you've been so good. I'm going to give you a week off. But, again, I have some personal stuff to handle next week, so I can't record. i got to do some work things. i got to edify. i got to educate the masses. So we'll be back in two weeks with an episodic episode or rivalries or a spotlight, or we're going to go to the movies. And with that, I'm the professor. That's... The man holding the Mandalorian, T.W. Tommy Wonder saying goodnight, and we'll see you in those weeks here at the PWR Podcast at the PWSO Networks at Podbean.com. The girls just want to have fun. want to do more than have fun, but anyway. <laughs>